in a frog for this. First off, this is a huge round of applause and thanks and congrats for Rabbi Kinfi. Rabbi Kinfi. who has been so sweet to our Kihilah. Our Shirata B Kihilah has opened up the building, the shul, to allow us to be able to come, to grow with an open heart. And so thank you so much. I was silly enough to think this could be hosted in my house. That's how this started. I'm like, this is a couple guys I know Shirata B, you know, please in. It's okay. I don't recognize a lot of the people here. This is not, this is beyond. Uh, our house. This couldn't have happened without you. Thank you. This also, Jonah and Joe, could not have happened without you guys going ahead and sponsoring uh, Joe's father, uh, Zev Melville, and uh, Yitzhak Isaac. Big, big school. And the reason why it's such a big school, in my judgment, is because to have these worlds collide of Rishlomo and Gedalia is something very unique. I believe that Gedalia very likely, and it's not to make you feel good, is probably the greatest English Jewish teacher we have today for Rev Nachman and on a whole host of issues like depression and addiction and so many issues that we struggle with that come through Torah of Rev Nachman. And the thing is, I don't know why that's the case. I mean, I said this to you in the car. I, you're Se not seven hours I was with him in the car. I mean, look. <laughs> Seven hours. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You're, you're not. Yeah, yeah, so, that, says so that says it all. So if he's a little bit off on this talk, you'll understand why. It's because I've been really ripping into him. But I'll get on, which I'm going to continue to do now. Which I would say is, I don't know why. Uh, you're, you're not a rabbi. You're, 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 you're a nice guy. And I mean, you're fit and you're respected. How in the world you end up being in a position to teach Torah on this level, I have no idea. But I do know that is the case. And what it tells me, and I think everyone else here, is that simple folks, so to speak, have the ability to reach these levels of mindfulness and consciousness and the Torah of Rav Nachman that Rav Chaim Kramer, where all this comes from, BRI, and all of his It's happening, Rekhaim. It's really happening, and it's in this form. And so when, when something like this is able to happen, it makes all of us have to elevate our game. Sometimes listening to you isn't fun, and it's not pleasurable, and you make me challenge myself. And I don't want to have to be a better person, and I don't want to have to keep saying sorry to my wife, and I don't want to have to go ahead and watch what I eat, and I don't want to have to go ahead and keep taking these challenges. But guess what? It turns out I really could be a better person. And we are a lot better because we have Rishlomo. Rishlomo Katz is our Rav, a very special Kihila. This, uh, this isn't a canned intro. This is just the reality. You need to know what it is that you're walking into. We've been under the tutelage of Rishlomo for a number of years now. We Baruch Hashem just built ourselves a new shul right behind here. But more than that, we're trying to usher in not just to ourselves, but to our people around us, kind of like you. This idea of light and, and consciousness and being present 
and being able to accept and doing it through Panimia Satora and trying really, I know it's going to sound nuts, to bring the Geula, like Mashiach. We think we're all that. We think we actually have that ability. And so that's what this is about. This is about the side of light. This is about us being able to try to collect some of that and then go out and spread it. So thank you, Hashem, for pulling this together. Thank you guys again for doing the Dahlia, I just want you to know, started, this is the only, you know, he's here with his family on vacation. And uh, we had a very early morning, and he, you know, left his family to be able to come. This is the only place that he's speaking at in Israel. And, and it's not by chance. It's not by chance, because this place is the one that's going to do the work, take the challenge, and be better versions of ourselves. So anyway. <laughs> I hope. There you go, guys. He definitely gets a tour guide of the year. He's the only non-Moroccan person that could keep me up for seven hours, by the way. With the permission of the Rabbi Kramer. Um, originally, I was not going to book any classes, obviously, because I said this is just for the kids, vacation, etc. And then when I heard Rabbi Shlomo, Rabbi Shlomo I had to do it. I said, pick me up at 2 o'clock in the morning if we have to. This is, we have to do this. And the reason why I was so inspired to do this class was, was because I heard, a, uh, I heard the rabbi's interview with meaningful people. And he just says, I'm trying to create a community of mindfulness, of conscious people. Oh my God, I was like, it was like music to my ears. That we started finally working on the inside, not too much on the outside. And just hearing that, it was so refreshing. And, and I got such a chizuk for it, like, somehow we have it the opposite. It appears to be that today, the, the problem in society is exactly the opposite. Um, nothing's working on the inside, more outside. And when I heard that interview, it was, it was just so refreshing uh, to be able to, to be part of that. And this is exactly what, through Rabbi Kramer's teachings, it's, you know, you get rewarded in public for what you do in private. And this is exactly the private work, the hours I'm supposed to do, the hours of, of working on Yikutus Tovos with one's spouse, the hours. I mean, for me to get to the place where I am, it's hours and hours of private work. The public is just showing up. <laughs> but the majority of the work is just it's in private. It's not in public. You should know that. And we should all know that lesson also. Today, I think society has it the opposite. A lot of public showing, but privately empty. So what happens? Like a balloon. Blows up, pops, it's over. Not Rad Nachman, not Rad Nachman. And this is what we're here to really uh, get everybody to change. You, you won't fall if you have a good foundation. If you have a good foundation, you have a good inner core, it's very hard, hard to fall. But if you don't have that, and you start anything, there's nothing to hold you. And I think just hearing those words of mindfulness and consciousness before labeling and judgment, it was just, it was so refreshing to hear that. And that's why I chose to come here at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> okay, we're gonna, I'm gonna start with the Nigam. This is the way we start our davening every Shabbos morning. And since today is um, the, the 450th website of the Ariza, so, I would love for us to sing the, we sing based on his words that he said you have to begin davening with and the words that are also inscribed on his kevin 
So, um, I can always see who comes to Shul on time because it's the nigga we sing before we start davening. Whoever's kind of mumbling isn't. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
So thank you so much. So I think we should, Rabbi, we should start with some topics. Um, obviously, the number one issue is obviously living consciousness. Um, this is an area that I, I have personally seen. <clears throat> when people attack an issue in their lives, if they're not attacking it through the right consciousness, if they're not attacking it the right way, they usually don't get the results that they get. For example, trying to go into a relationship with fear. It's going to look like codependency, it's going to look like attachment, it's going to look like reflection. Going to a relationship with trust, it's going to look like reflection instead of projection. It's going to look like trust in space, it's going to, instead of judgment, hearing and listening. So this is pretty much what I try to get people. First, work on yourself. Work on yourself. Get yourself to higher consciousness through letting go of, of, of just smallness, letting go of the ego, letting go of the smallness. And when you rise in higher consciousness, everything changes. Businesses change, relationships change, everything changes. And this is what the, one of the, the, the Torahs that speak to me all the time, and I constantly pray every single time. I get stuck in any kind of form of anger, especially Obviously, in the airport, and there's just all my patience was, was wow. First, I started saying, first I started complaining, and then I was so grateful, like, oh my God, I have it really easy. I'm like, oh my God, I have it really easy in my heaven. Obviously, there's no question, there's just all the light and the energy and the breath, you can't compare. My, my, you're smarter here, there's a calmness, but obviously nothing comes with the price. But, but just the fact that Rav Nachman says in Lesson 61, in the second half of the Kutimaram, God is beyond time and space. And the reason time exists is an absence of consciousness. This is this line I've been repeating over and over to myself. At any single time I get caught up in any anxiety, or get up and get stuck in the past, or just not being in the present moment, it's only due to a lack of consciousness. That means a person who has major anxiety, if he has fear, that's never going to go away unless he starts adapting a higher consciousness, unless he starts learning bitachon, unless he starts learning. But I've always said this. You'll be anxious to get married, then you'll be anxious to have a baby, and then you'll be anxious to move into a house, and then you'll be anxious for everything. It doesn't stop. If, there's, if the person's anxious. But once you start going into relationships, going into life, and you start developing consciousness, time doesn't bother you at all. And an area where you see this the most, you know, in, my, in my life, is in tefillah, in his bodhidut. When I'm in his bodhidut, and I'm in tefillah, and I'm enjoying it, well, let's say with Yossi, seven hours in the car. I enjoyed it so much, I didn't realize time happened. I didn't even take a nap. It was just, it was so much energy, it was like time passed by in a minute. But imagine if, who knows who would have put me in the car with for seven hours. I would have been, oh my God, I get out of here. But the fact that time, why did time go, why does time fly when you're having fun? Why does time fly when you're in a good consciousness? It's because you're, you're, you're in a higher consciousness, time doesn't bother you. And today we see, how long am I going to wait for this thing to happen? How long am I going to wait for this? How long am I going to wait for this? How long am I going to get married? 
How long am I going to wait to make part of myself? All of these things, how long, is an absence of consciousness. So the desire is actually blocking the thing from coming. Because what happens when we, when we get impatient, we actually create a blockage. And this is exactly what Rav Nachman says, whoever presses the hour, the hour presses him. Is pressed by it. Pretty much we have to find a way working on myself other than working is letting go. For example, I said to this trip, I'm doing nothing but spending time, I'm gonna take my kids to the wall, I'm gonna just come in with no expectations. Next thing you know, I was late to something, I met Ronnie Safdie, he took me to Rob Rosenfeld Yard. So the next day my uncle said, Let's go to Shima by Yachai. All of a sudden, yes, he's pushing me, next thing you know, come to uh, come to Ephrat, come to Hebron. All of a sudden, I came with no expectations, and I was only, only received. But imagine if I had a laundry list. I had to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, my kids, my wife, but I can't make it here, and I can't make it here, I can't make it here. Next thing you know, I would have walked around in Israel, in such a beautiful country, with anger and upset, and missed the whole point. I missed the whole point, and I said, wow, this is exactly how life shows up to us. We miss the whole point because we, we have all these expectations and I have to be here, I have to be married by this time, I have to make this amount of money by this time. And all of a sudden, this, all this anger and all this anxiety pushes all the brothers from coming to you. So this is where I try to teach people, start letting go and letting God. Let things come to you. Stop making your own. And, and Israel is a prime example. Did I think I was going to see Rabbi Shem very high? No. Did I think I would see Rabbi Rosenfeld? Did, and, and, and Rosenfeld's George uh, Caver? No, did I think I would be here? No, I didn't plan any of this. Because my, my wife told me, listen, if you plan a class on vacation, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I said, I'm not planning a class. I told you, there's no classes. And there was no classes. And what happened? Here I am in the class. She says, how did, how, you didn't plan it. I said, it just happened. You asked me, can I go at 9 o'clock in the morning to the synagogue? It's not a class, just a couple people showed up. Maybe you have a class. But the message is, when you come in with appreciation, and you come in with consciousness, you come with simcha, which simcha is the highest conscious, you're only going to receive. Time is not going to bother you. Because remember, what is time? What does an accumulation of time turn into? Anxiety. Depression. What does it all turn into? So this is where we really have to master this. When Rav Shlomo says, consciousness, when you fix that, you fix everything else. When you fix that, you fix Shalom Bayit issues, you fix money issues. You pretty much fix everything. But when you don't fix that, then you're just dealing with one bandage, one bandage, one bandage, and one bandage. And that's the thing that Rav Nachman says, we, we, he, he tells us we have to follow the tzaddikim. These tzaddikim are beyond. Teach us the way Rav Nachman says in its philosophy. Teach us how to constantly follow tzaddikim that are beyond time. So when I get anxious in prayer, what time is the prayer over? I'm not in the prayer, I'm somewhere else. Because that energy of, 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 I need to be here, I need to be here, is teaching me I'm not here. So breathe, come back to place, God is beyond time and space. I can't tell you how many singles have told me, well how can I get married at 35? I said, remove time and space from your head. Remove this age, remove time and space, Go in there feeling abundant, next year, wedding invitations. But the ones that are pressing the hour, pressing the hour, they go into relationships with anxiety, they go into relationships nervous, 
They go into situations embarrassed. And at the end of the day, what do they get? Nothing. They get nothing. And it's pretty scary that we have options. Same thing. You know, it's, it's pretty much the, what the Torah is telling us. The more you look for kabod, the more kabod runs away from you. The more look for validation you want, the less people are going to validate you. You know, it's like somebody wearing a dress, spending thousands of dollars on the dress, waiting to get all the compliments in the world. The dress doesn't fit. They have to get retailer. All the headaches, they finally put on the dress, goes to the wedding, gets a couple compliments, 10 dirty looks, how much they spent for the dress, comes home, fights with the date, and that's the end of the story. So just start living in the moment, living in, just trying to build, remember, it's not like where the non-Jewish world is telling you be in the moment. Okay, with what? Be in the moment with what? You need that. You can't just be in the moment with what moment? <laughs> what moment? You need, the, the difference between the, the non-Jewish sources, it's, it's not going to last because it's just, okay, attach yourself to the moment. When I have bitahon, that leads to action, that leads to patience. It's the total result of all of this. The emotions of bitahon is trust, release, let go. I don't have to be in the moment because that's who I am. That is already who I am. But when we're just, when we're living in fear, and then we all of a sudden hear the power of now, be in the moment. Yes, it's like taking a tic tac. I mean, it'll last a breath down for two minutes, and then you go right back to that situation. But the Torah is telling you, God is beyond time and space. And time is only a deficient of your comprehension. So if time is bothering you, the situation is to start learning. I keep on stressing the amount why we need to do, we, we need to build our consciousness. There's no greater way to get consciousness than through Rav Nachman's teachings. Like there's no greater way to get consciousness. So basically, you're basically putting a system in life that if you're not growing, you're going to automatically fall into anything. And I never understood what the, why the Gemara said, a person who's, who has an ability to learn and he doesn't is going to have self-double suffering. Oh, now I get it. Because you're going to be living in a very low consciousness. And it doesn't matter, again, it, it, it's, it's, this is, your consciousness is your way of being. When you're in a higher consciousness, you attract things in your life. You don't even have to ask for them. They come to you. I can't tell you. I, I can't tell you the amount of things that have come to me just by being in a good place. And we have to get there. And we have to get there by working on our simcha, by praying. Like what Nutsen says in the Kuta Halachas, you have a problem. It's just like a matzah. You have an addiction. If you fix one addiction, it's going to lead you to another addiction. But only through tefillah can you change yourself. And, and, and the purpose is, believe me, working in recovery centers, the whole purpose of all that pain is to get them to a higher consciousness. What they were really, when they're in a higher consciousness, do they need to use? No, they don't need to use. But when you're low consciousness, you're just fighting to stay sober. The whole point was to get you to a much higher consciousness. If you're just fighting to stay sober, that means it's just behavior changes. So this is why I think Rav was definitely on the right track by giving you these teachings of being in the moment and building that, that wisdom. And it's not, if you're just relying on motivation, there's plenty of YouTube videos out there. 
that will motivate you, the air is gone. Believe me, I was in that world. I was in that world. Give me, I need to be motivated. <laughs> you need strategy. Learn from a, a feeling where you're distracted. Hashem, I'm distracted. I'm not in the moment. Teach me how to get back in the moment. Why am I? Why am I? Why am I trying to control something that I that I can't control? The the pain teaches you. Pain teaches you a lesson. That's why you have to stop running away from pain. It teaches you a lesson in life. But you can't get that lesson if you're too busy avoiding it. You can't get that lesson if you're not conscious of what does God want from me in the situation. And if we keep on repeating the same pattern, we start saying, look what God did to me. Look what this one did to me. Look at this. Look at that one. And we become victims. And, and there's no... Once you're a victim, what comes next? Low self-esteem. And what happens to low self-esteem? The whole world's about you. And then what else is next? So this is where I just, I was so thrilled to hear that interview, Rabbi, and I, I applaud you for, for leading the Kahala's direction. I want to go back to uh, one word you said. There's a famous teaching, a Hasidic teaching that this Tkufa Mishnichnasad Men Ma'atim Besimchan. And the famous Hasidic teachers, bless you, the famous Hasidic teachers, how do you memaet? How do you learn how to become less? Besimcha, right? It's the only way you can learn how to actually make yourself less and enjoy the, the being less. I think a lot of people are on shilkas to be besimcha. <laughs> like you said before, I'm anxious to do this, then you'll be anxious to do this. So you'll be okay. So I heard Bidaya say, Simcha is the highest state of consciousness that you've been. That's what your table is always said. So I, now I'm on Shilkas to reach this higher state of consciousness of Simcha. So you ever see people, they walk into Shul and there's Man Simchatenu or on Purim and they're like, Forcing it. <laughs> yes! You know, it's that. So even Simcha, even Simcha is a whole limud on its own. I, I, I think. I humbly think that simcha doesn't necessarily mean smiling and dancing all on top of hands or whatever. That's not simcha is something that's happening with a deeper state of consciousness. It's an internal process that's happening inside that no one in the world can take it away from you, that no one can cause you to doubt it. It's a, it's one of the most protected, real midot that can transpire in persons in a person's insight. So I was wondering if you're able to direct us a little bit how you see the practical approach towards this inyan of the real, like, if the Rabbi said mitzvah gedola diot besantatamid, what's the deal? I once heard from Yishrael and Meshachal that there are a lot of mitzvahs, but there's the tzimtas of mitzvah gedola. I think I'm on the tapes, I didn't say it. Everything's a mitzvah, but it's not everything's a mitzvah gedola. Right? A big mitzvah, right? So how do we, especially in this tkufa that we're in right now, some practical fencer one-on-one on using that. Right. No pressure. No pressure. I can only tell you from my own experience, one of them obviously is you have to start with humility. 
Humility, when you have humility, you have an open perspective. A person who's humble is grateful for everything. At the end of the day, if you have humility, you're just going to walk around and be grateful because you're just, you don't think the whole world owes you everything. It really comes down to the real, there's a direct correlation between humility and low self-esteem. When you have low self-esteem, which is not finding your good points, which is the opposite of a zamra, a zamra in reverse is low self-esteem. Because what are you focusing on? Everything that's wrong. A zamra is humility. Okay, I'm not there yet, but I can be grateful for this. And I can be grateful for this. And I can be grateful for this. And we already know that there's no shot that everything is going to go your way. We, we already know that. So if we come with these expectations, and many times, for example, you know, you hear, you see all these videos. I just like to see what's going on in the outside world, to just see what, where they're at. Don't be in a toxic relationship. Don't be in this relationship. Don't be in that relationship. Let me explain to you something. You can sign up, and you think you're going to get a cookie-cutter spouse that's going to exactly be the same spouse you married from day one. You're dreaming. You're not going to get the same spouse. People change. They have to change. Because the world changes. You might have one mission today, you might have another mission today. So humility means being grateful for finding the good points of myself. Arrogance means nothing is working. Nothing is working. Humility means I have an open perspective. And through that open perspective, what happens? Gratitude. Gratitude is a result of healthy self-esteem. Because you become humble. And when you become humble, you don't, or you're not self-centered. So therefore, you're always not thinking that everything's about you. Another way I would say, to the first, there's the connection obviously between humility and self-esteem brings you to Simcha, because gratitude eventually brings the joy. The second is the obviously progress in your life, having progress. Um, I, I, I've seen many people, I create many wins. Progress brings you to Simcha. Small wins brings momentum. So if a person has a savior, there's progress in his life. It doesn't have to be a lot of progress. But progress, when you have progress, you end up having joy. And joy makes you give. So there you go. Giving and growing is another way to have simple. You can't give if you're not growing. So you need to get out of your comfort zone and start growing in some area of your life. And that will allow you to now give. And if you take practically, dopamine and serotonin is growing and giving. And we're wired to grow and give. We're not wired to sit home and, 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 and think about ourselves all day long. I mean, that's not, it can't be that was the whole uh, deal. You're wired to connect, you're wired to grow, and you're wired to give. So when you're not growing, you can't give. Because you're self-centered. So, you know, this is why the Dafyomi works, this is why we have to hit goals. We, I have a lot of times challenges on my groups, 40-day challenge. I have to meet you where you're at. You know, unfortunately, we have to meet you where you're at. I can't, I'm realistic of where people are at. Not everybody's there. Let's start small. But the minute you start hitting a goal, you hit dopamine. The minute you feel good about yourself, you're going to invest in yourself. But if you're not going to feel good about yourself, if you do not feel good about yourself, you're not going to invest more in yourself. 
So whether it's, whether it's intermediate fasting, losing weight, or working out, just to create some, some momentum. And that momentum creates motion. And motion continues to stay in motion. But when you wreck, things that, things that stay don't move. So you have to find a way to challenge yourself, to get out of your comfort zone in one area of your life, maybe through his bodhidut, that's enough of a challenge, or through, I mean, that's, that's a world of its own, his bodhidut. Or through maybe physical, losing weight, getting in more energy, or we had, uh, you know, waking up at head soap one day a week. Something to break the habit of just being, just being here, just doing it. That's the key. And what I've seen is, it starts with the guy doing the 40-day challenge, fixing his pajama brit. Next thing you know, he feels good about himself, he gets the right job, he attracts the girl, and I get a wedding invitation. <laughs> but the momentum started, you have to create goals. It could be daft yogi, it could be something. Something you have to create some kind of momentum in your life. And this is where Ramnachman's whole thing is, Azamra is all about finding good, focusing on good. Momentum, momentum. So growing and giving is one way. Another one is, is humility. Humility leads to gratitude. So those two ways I would say uh, I would recommend as much mm -hmm. practical. And again, you can't, there's no excuse for those two either. <laughs> so you have to recognize that. What are you going to say? I don't want a wrong gift. I want some tiny money. Too bad. You have to do something. God will bless you in everything you do. So you have to physically do something. You can't just sit and wait for happiness to come. Or come to America, be with uh, Biden. He'll make you happy. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk now a lot about American He can't hear, he can't hear. <laughs> I'm free, I'm free like here, right? Should, okay, good. Yeah, but this, these devices reach Hutzler. Well. I, couldn't, I couldn't kill us. <laughs> I'm very open. Beneficial. <laughs> um, I was... First of all, I hope we have a chance in the future that you'll come and spend Shabbos with us to get that uh, experience with Shabbos Hashem. I'm getting momentum, Rabbi. You're getting momentum. <laughs> so are we. Um, one of the things that we're consciously working on in, uh, in Shul is realizing that we're in Shul. It's realizing you know, it's supposed, supposed to be a synthetic, it's supposed to be a very nice thing. Like when you walk into a shul, you see Matohu, Alezayako, Mishkin, Atefa, Yisrael, every shul. And I was diving recently in a place, the first thing that greeted me was, Asur Daber B'Shadat Right? It's forbidden to speak during davening. Can you imagine, like, what that, like, oh, Matohu, like, that's my intro to Matohu, Alezayako, Mishkin, Atefa, Yisrael. So if there's ever a little bit of, you know, not, a little bit of schmoozing in by us, so we, we always stop and we make a point to say, meaning the, the awareness is not, it's not an Indian of, if I'm greeted by a sign that says Asur, I'm not going to go and find my Azamra. I'm not going to go, nothing's going to drive me to find there, oh, where else is Asur in me? Where else is Asur? Afuch. It's directing your consciousness. So that leads me to... 
I, I also have many, many things I want to I ask you, I want to bring up with you. Um, how does one, like you said, once, the, once it's there, once I realize, okay, I'm in the, I'm, I'm in a bite of Hashem, I'm in a, I'm in a space of Kaddish Baruch I feel like uh, one of the major breakthroughs, one of the revolutions that's, that's happening, it, it's, it's growing more and more. I do want to just mention my Rebbe Reb Moshe Weinberger Shrita in Wittmere, who's um, transformed, he's, he's transforming, he's transformed the consciousness of what a Beit Hashem is, um, especially out there. And anyone that knows that, you know, we, mentioned, we mentioned what's going on there for quite some time, I don't know, I, 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 I listened to the one interview about your, your, your background and uh, I don't think you grew up going to, 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 to shuls. And as a, someone that's about Shuba, I would say that's working on consciousness. I'm sure there aren't that many shuls that you walk into and you're like, hmm, this is, this is the point, this is what it's all about. On the other hand, there's an Indian that many of us here grew up with Yesodot, we grew up with things, we grew up religious. We grew up with certain notions that are kavua, they're, they're fixed in us. And this is what we knew, this is, this is what we were told, this is how we, what we were shown. And there's tension between those two places of Masoret, of what I know to be the way that I was raised, what I was, you know, got with myself, how I was, what was given to me. And then I, you know, Rabbi Nachman comes and just explains, and the Balatanya and all the things they come and just, they, they say to me, I, I, don't be mad at anybody, but I don't think you, you understood that the point of going into a Beit Hashem is not to see a sign that says, Asur, the Rebbe Shabbat but rather it's, Bonishma, Mayeshlecha, Le'agid. Let's, it should be as the voice, you know, a sign that says, come and let's hear what you have to say during Shabbat Filah. Sometimes shifts in consciousness can be simple, like buttons, it's simple shifts. It's not only very big decision making. Sometimes, sometimes on the mikut level, it can be like a little bit of a, just, I mean, like, you know, I just changed my direction, I'm already going in the right direction. So I wanna know if you could speak a little bit about certain like more uh, shifts of consciousness that have to do with like, Moments of recognizing things, but that aren't massive explosions in my life because, hey, Baruch Hashem, we, we, we're married, we have children, we're, we're part of a bigger organism than just me. And I want to be sensitive to my surrounding as well, to my family, to my greater spiritual family, to Amisel. I think we all have the Yitzhahara to, to judge. It's part of our nature. Um, you know, when we don't feel good about ourselves, you know, I always gave this example. I can get into an argument with somebody in the morning, and next thing you know, if I don't deal with that energy, where am I taking it out on? I'm taking it out on my employee. So my employee will walk in 15 minutes late. What am I going to say? What do you think? You own the company? Come in whenever you want, right? Like an Israeli valet style. Go ahead, I take the keys, you know. And then what, and all of a sudden my secretary will, where is she going to take it on? Her husband's going to say, let's, let's go to lunch. If you made more money, I wouldn't be working here. Well, he asked us to go to lunch. And then the husband's going to play with the, with, the, with, the, with the son playing baseball. What is he going to tell him? 
I don't have time. Can't you make some friends? What did the kid do? He asked his father to play baseball. And then the, the kid's going to come home and throw the ball at the cat, at the dog. And the dog's going to bite the cat. Okay. If you just see this parallel, we, when we don't have, when we're not, we're not feel, we don't feel good about ourselves, and we don't have this going to do, we don't have to feel it. What do you think you're going to do? Who's the next person that's going to get all my stress? And, and, and the worst is when you see this in marriage, is a person projecting, not reflecting. I, I, it's, and a lot of people have had a bad experience of bad spiritual, bad religious food poisoning. They go into a synagogue, and, they, that's it. and I'm dealing with this person, you know, on a personal level, family members, you know, they, one person walked in, they were dressed, whatever, whatever a cousin of mine, she, she came in for the holidays, she comes once a year, a cousin of mine, so the lady says, you're not, cover your shoulders, throws her a thing, oh, now I got my excuse, now I have to come back. <laughs> there you go. So I said, listen, if you have a bad case of food poisoning, you're never going to eat again? You had a bad case of food poisoning. But when you don't feel good about it, and you get insulted in those situations, you throw in the towel. So this is why Chabad has done... <laughs> you you got to give to Chabad. There is no judgment. So when we don't feel good about ourselves, we take, you know, I've got to send God to where the guy made a mistake, or throw tomatoes at the guy. <laughs> it's just, there's no, there's no, there's no... No thinking, it's just, just yeah, people, have, people do not know how to get rid of their negative energy. So they just dump it on whatever it is. All you're doing is, it's called displacement of energy. And this happens to us. When we're not having the best day, what do we do? We snap on our kids. We snap on people. We, we do this all the time. I know I do it, but I, I try to say, okay, I need to have more minutes of his brother do it on my moodiness. We, we don't know how to get rid of this energy because we don't spend time. We just carry the energy, dump it on somebody else, they dump it on somebody else, and what do you expect? Okay, you're in a synagogue, but you're holding anger. You're holding anger. You know, one of the things that changed Rav Nachman had a Torah, he says that there's three things that you need to have perfect tefillah. Three things. The first thing, is you need to have faith. Second thing is you need to have Shemirat Brit. And the third thing is you cannot despise somebody else. You cannot throw bloodshed. And he says in that Torah that if you have those three things, you will get healed where you will not need a doctor. You will be healed with bread and water before the illness comes. Wow! I mean, can you imagine you don't even need medical insurance. Your tefillah, because your tefillah is the one feeding all the worlds. So I say to myself, sometimes I come in early, oh, look at this guy, he's coming in at 11 o'clock after the beat. We judge. We do it all the time. So I have to care, oh, oh, who are you to judge? Well, you, you weren't even in the prayer 10% of the time. It teaches you, we are, we're all going to judge. We, we are, <laughs> it's in part of us. It's what the Yetzirah does. The ego makes us judge all the time. I don't think there's a person that, could, that doesn't judge. But catch yourself. Catch yourself. So this is an area where people don't catch themselves. So I know, if I'm judging this guy, my tefillah is going nowhere. Oh. Uh -huh. Consciousness. 
that's what you're saying. Who are you to judge? And that, you should know how many times I have to correct myself with this. I would say, over and over and over. It, it, remember, it, just because you have a bad thought doesn't mean it's your thought. It's a hard gives you a bad thought. Your ego gives you bad thoughts. What you have to do is reject it or don't or let it go. But the minute you start judging another person, what happens? You're, 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 it's affecting your tefillah. So this is why before we pray, there's a reason why you say to get you in that mindset of hey, hey, you're about to pray, no judgment, because that could be a, that could affect the whole tefillah. So that's something where I'm very lucky to have a very wonderful community like Harbor Islands is where you just, not everybody's affiliated, but there's one common bond, love. There's no tsunami, not that everybody loves each other, and, and you, you can just see the energy. And other places, you know, unfortunately, it's, but they don't see it as a problem. They, they add more hormones, more hormones. Instead of adding love, more, more. And, I'm not a rabbi, obviously, but I can see there's a system broken. And we're losing young kids. We're losing kids to, to bad experiences. And this is something that we have to work on. But if you just have those two things, the reason why you say is to save you from judgment. You can't love and judge somebody at the same time. And the second thing is to recognize that can, be a, that can affect your prayer. It's spilling blood. Spilling blood means thinking that I'm better than them, insulting them. That's a form of spilling blood. So that's, that's what I use personally uh, to get myself in that zone. Wow. I don't, you have another thing specific you wanted to bring up? No, just just oh, we, okay. yeah, just schmuzzing. Maybe we could take some questions from the guy. But that's that's something that I have personally. Um, another thing that I you know we, we, this is a, a common thing thing today that we, we constantly see is the concept of a muna, right? A muna is a is a big topic. Today, and Rabbi Nachman says, and again, I'm quote Rabbi, if I make a mistake on any of the lessons, please remind, please correct me. You should know that because of Rabbi Kramer's books is why we're here today. Uh, there's nothing to talk about. Because of his books, BRI, I personally am I'm pledging that I could take his organization to the next level, both Rukhnis and Gashmis, and I hope because there's nothing but gold in those books. And what Rabbi Nachman said in, in the book, Lakuta Mara, and he said, I believe, in the book Sadiq, that if, if a person will, will know Lakuta Maharan, will have knowledge of Lakuta Maharan, he'll see everything in the world in Lakuta Maharan. And you, you pretty much see it. You see everything in the world, oh, it's in Lakuta Maharan lesson here. So anything where I see, like the Jordan Petersons, or I see the Tony Robbins, or I see all of these speakers, I already, talk, I already know the Torah he's talking about. But what we try to do is we use different language for that. So, the world today, you can see, is, is, is stuck on, on, on a lot of intellect. Rabbi Nachman says the only way to get to know God is through faith. Now he says the only way to get to God is through faith. And faith and the soul are one. In another lesson. So, you know, we, we, we talk about practically, you see this all the time, I want to be my soul state. I want to be my soul mate. I want to be this. I want to be this. Like I said, it's not a job the Jews or soul cycle. It's having a muna. 
There's no greater way to feel connected to your Creator and to feel abundant and to feel like you're, you're, you're connected in this world than having faith. Number one is because you can't have emuna just on an intellectual level. This is why people, they have such a hard time with it. They want to control everything. It's a control. I want, I want certainty. I want to know exactly why. And it's exactly the opposite. It's exactly the opposite. And the reason why we have all these, we want to be so certain and controlling, is because we have a lot of fear. We're insecure. If we weren't so insecure, we would go all in and Muna. And we would see tremendous amount of growth. Our sages tell us, a person of faith has abundant blessings. What language do you want to hear that in? A person of faith has abundant blessings. What's there to talk about? Why can, I, why can we not be inspired by those words? Are those words not enough to say a person of faith has abundant blessings? So when, you're, when you recognize this, is all I have to work is on my own. Why am I so insecure? Why do I have so many fears? And when you get to that Amuna state in your life, you will see everything grow in your life. But without Amuna, that person, my parents caused me to not be successful. My husband's making me miserable. Anytime you blame an individual, a person, a situation, and do not believe this comes from God, and guys, I'm a modern person, I'm a practical person. I'm not telling you something out of the box, that's ridiculous, that's you're crazy, how could you be so... No, this is the only thing that works. So I, the things that have worked in my life is what things I don't understand, release control, going to a mm. And every single time I've seen blessings in my life. So we have to stop resisting these things. If you, you have, we're going to have pain in life, that's where you have a Muna. But your soul, Emuna, and the way to know your Creator is through this. That means we should be majoring in Emuna and minoring in problems. And if you're minoring in, major, majoring in problems, it's because you're minoring in Emuna. And that's, it's that simple. I hate to make, I hate to make things so simple. That's my job. And, I, and sometimes I find, unfortunately, with non-Jews, they just, they get it and they don't question Jews. They just have a panemus. But the Jews, what do you mean? What kind of Muna? What does he say that? Blah, blah, blah. Which Rashi, which Dutch. Thank you. Have a good day. Not for me. Stop being so complicated. Stop being so complicated. Rav Nachman said, black and white. The greatest is simplicity. Anything that's complicated, it's not a Muna. It's not supposed to be so complicated. My marriage, let me tell you a story about my marriage. This, 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 this. How much time do you spend resenting your spouse? I don't know, 90% of the time. <laughs> so how, what do, you, what, what do you expect? What do you expect? Do you don't think that when a person comes home, they feel that negative energy? That you're judging them? Is that something a person's gonna run to come home to? Oh, what a lovely, can't wait to come home, to be judged again. Don't we postpone court dates? Right? We don't. We have to get out of judgment. 
get out of judgment. You're hurting, you're hurting yourself. You're hurting yourself. Again, these, as working on myself, I can only tell you, it's not so complicated. I know the world looks super complicated. It's not that complicated. It's nothing. But you do need tefillah. You do need, you do need tefillah. You need a lot of bodhidut. You need a seder. You need that. And the rest, it's a process. It's a process. It's a process. And, we, we, and, and at the end of the day, I think Rav Nachman tells us black and white. Again, I hate to be so simple. So Rav Nachman tells us that all chaos in our life comes from a state of disorder. Comes from when we're trying to take control of things. He talks about it in Lesson 82. All chaos in our lives is because we are not being humble. We're trying to control things. Where do we know this? We know this from Chava. Chava represents Lokisev. She represents disorder. He says that the solution is, and, and he takes it really from the Arizo, he takes 45, which is the name of Ma, humility, order. Chava is disorder. 19, all you have to do is put the 26 back in the picture. The ego edges got out, put Hashem back in the picture. Humble up, have humility, and what happens? Everything goes back to order. It's like the missing Lego. We don't have to tear down the whole thing. Just put the Lego in the right place. But if we're too busy saying, why is it happening to me? Why is it this? We can't get the... We can't get that answer. That's the problem. We, we can't get the, the, the answers in our lives because we're too busy fighting it. You know, we're too busy fighting because we have to stop fighting. Break down the walls. Break those gates in your lives. Break those gates. Open up your minds. Be open. Come in with no expectations. Let things go. And you'll see a tremendous amount of rough. I, I, I can't. It's not, so, not supposed to be so complicated. When people tell me, let me tell you my story. I can learn. Let's rewrite the story. I don't want to tell, don't tell me. I want to rewrite the story. Because this story is getting us nowhere. Sometimes you have to tear things down and rebuild them. And, and I can only take this from Rabbi Kramer's and Rabbi Nachman's simple teachings. You have a problem with Shalom Bayit or Parnasa, Rabbi Nachman tells you in lesson 9, it's because the quality of the tefillah is no good. You're getting bad matches, bad tefillah. What do you need to do? Fix the tefillah. It comes down, remember guys, it's all spiritual issues. According to your theory is your therapy. If you are a heartaholic, it's because you're too busy, you're looking in the wrong place. And that's it. You're looking in the wrong place. Go back into the solution. Look at it. How can I see the situation consciously? Such, a, such an example. Let's say I'm in a situation of a controlling marriage or a controlling situation, situations like that. Okay. What's the dominant emotion in the marriage? Fear. So what is fear going to do? Again, where are you? Where have you been? Why are you treating me this way? How do you fix this? So remember, the first thing before you, t you tackle the problem Ask yourself, what's the consciousness that you're looking at? How are you entering that situation with what, what consciousness? And that will give you greater results. 
And I, unfortunately, I'm gonna be honest with you, normally your spouse is not gonna be on the same program as you. So sometimes you're gonna to have to do more lifting than the other person. Sometimes you will have to. And you have to, a lot of people get that. You know, if somebody will say, listen, my spouse is on this level, I'm on this level. Okay, you have a great opportunity to pray for more. More lakatsuit, more love instead of judgment. It hurts, but your creator, you're not in this world to be comfortable. You're in this world to grow. And you will see when you have the right formulas and the right game plans and the right situations, you will be, you will be able to win in most areas of your life. But you have to go in there with the right theory. If the theory is spiritual, the therapy will be spiritual. But if the theory is only details, you're going to get the wrong therapy. And if you get the wrong therapy, psychologist all day long, this, 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 this is that, without changing yourself. And you will get no results. I always said this many times. You go to a therapist, they tell you what the issue is to help you work with it. You still need to work on yourself with God to help you with it. It's not enough. We think, oh, just go to therapist, it'll be enough. No, they allocate the issue. Then you have to work on self-esteem. Then you have to work on finding good points in yourself, building yourself up. It's not enough just to say, I need to go to this. If it was that easy, you could, everybody would be healed. It would be healed already if it was that easy. It's not that easy. It's to get you to, to encourage you, but you still have to do the work. You still have to do the work. You're bringing up a beautiful, important, my, my opinion, a, an important chiluk between um, certainty as bitachon or emnah with bitachon. What's the difference? Is that people think that in order to really have emunah, I have to know that what I'm doing is the right thing and it's going to work. And that's a, like you think in the non-Jewish group, there's more of this, you need this, this is your fix, you will see how it all, this is what you need. And this is going to work the way that you envision it, like envision your future, and it's gonna happen to you like that. Whereas you were saying, a person with the highest state of consciousness and living with a real sense of emunah, <coughs> magnetism, it comes to things you weren't even aware of, things you, things you didn't dare to dream of, and things you weren't even aware of. I see that with the chaver and the shul, that sometimes when people allow themselves to not judge, which is very threatening to the ego, right. but when they do that, the, the new friends they make, that they were sitting next to someone in shul for years, and then finally you realize, oh my God, this, what changed? What changed was that I, I actually trusted and didn't know exactly what it's going to feel like to be at Yishadah's table. Like sometimes people just go and invite people to their Yishadah's table because they already imagine what it's going to look like. What are we going to talk about? What we do have in common, we don't have in common. And I'm so proud of some of our Khamerian that they, it's a, they go, they go past that thing of, this is what it's going to look, I don't know what it's going to look like. But I have a that if Hashem put us in this world together, we're going to discover something that didn't exist before. But what I want to uh, say is that I think that is really the headquarters of Eretz Yisrael. Mm. Why so? Because when the first time that we're introduced to Eretz Yisrael in the Torah, it's basically Hashem saying, this is the land which I will show you. It's called Asher Arneka. Mm. Now, I will show you doesn't 
There's not a description of what to expect. Asher Ar'eka means stick with me and you'll keep on being blown away moment after moment. If you stick with me, you'll be so proud of yourself that you freed yourself from all the expectations of what it should be. I know you have a lot of chavra that are longing to come to Eretz Yisrael there in America, uh, are dying still. And um, those of us that have been privileged to move here and live here understand that uh, sometimes it takes a few airport, you know, things like this, some wax, that this land is called Asher Adeka. If you're not Mevutal, if Bitul is not part of the program over here, yeah. and that's why Eretz Yisrael is called Eretz Kanan, it's Machniyayu, we could all attest to that. It's Machnia, it, it, but in a, in a beautiful way. Yeah. Because the only way to be on the receiving end of living a life of Asher Ha'eka, where Hashem is saying, come on, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you who you are. I'm going to show you what we are. I'm going to show you what this whole world is like. To me, uh, I, what I was learning from your beautiful words right now is that it's so important to make a distinction between to understand what Bitachon means. Bitachon doesn't mean this is going to work out the way that I perceive it. Bitachon means this is going to plan out the way Hashem Yitbarach wants to see it and I'm going to be shalem with it. Right. And um, I don't have to worry. And I don't have to worry. And I don't have to worry. It's, we, we make the, and I, I couldn't help but crack up while you were mentioning about how we make things so complicated. Recently I heard Ben Shapiro quote Reb Shlomo Kravach, which was wow. <laughs> <laughs> And he said, because he said it happens to him, he goes to college campuses and he always knows who's a Jew. Why? Who are the ones that identify as Christian? Everyone's over there. The guys that are identifying as better. Those that are identifying as humanitarians, uh, you know, anything but I'm a Jew, those are the Jews. Right? We take such, we, we make it, we make it complicated because we can't really believe that just by being a Yehudi Pashut that says, I'm just going to follow the Yitzhak of the Tzadikim, that that could actually be the deepest thing. We overcomplicate everything, everything. So, um, I, I once saw that the Mendel of Rimenov said that the Torah is called Eitz Chaim Milishon Eitzot Tovot Lechaim Litzchim. That an Eitz, a tree is from the Lechashim Eitz, advice, advice. So the, the Torah that we learn hopefully should be Eitzot Tovot Lechaim Litzchim, and I know that you're drawing all your, all your Torah from the, the world that Rebchaim provided for so many of us. Um, but I, before we take questions, I just want to give you a bracha that you should continue to live the Eitz Chaim in your own life because everyone is benefiting from it. Everyone is receiving Eitzot Tovot Lechaim Mitzchim, practical advice to live a life of consciousness. That's what Chaim Mitzchim is, the life of consciousness that's beyond time and space. So thank you so much, Kitami. Thank you so much. So if anyone has a, has a question, the Simcha, the Chabot. Sure. All the money you guys save on therapists, you can give it to BRI Institute. <laughs> He'll be happy to collect. <laughs> Yes. 
Right. I mean, Rav Nachman speaks about this many, many times. He says, you always, we're always in two states. We're either running or returning. I, it happens to me also. I tried to figure that out. How can I just stay? You can't. I'll have three good days, two days where I'm blocked. I can't, things are not coming up. It's, it's to keep you humble. So either you're running or you're returning. Uh, I can't tell you I've ever had a week of seven days of full clarity. Uh, it just doesn't happen. There's one bad day, like the day I can't see myself out of anything. Because remember, God can take away your God. But the prayers, when I'm confused and I'm lost, those prayers are much better usually than the ones that are, I feel whole. So being whole and broken is a, is a very common thing. So on the days that you don't feel that, let it pass. Don't give, don't give in to it. Don't say, I don't know what I'm doing. You just have to let it go. Let it go. Don't force the situation. But it's going to be normal. I'm telling you right now, there's days that no matter what I do, I can't really have 10 minutes of prayer, 15 minutes. I'm, I'm in another world. Um, so just let it go. The main thing is, when you're doing those ups, try to go as much as you possible. And the days that, that you have to struggle with, be grateful that you have the three good days. Um, but this is a common thing. Also, Ragnarok says there's no way that you can go to a higher level without first uh, passing through these lesson 25, these illusions of uh, Klipos, these illusions of Madonna. So it's, the playbook is, is there. When you're lost, stay put. Don't do anything crazy. Don't fall back. Just stay put. But when you're running, run fast. You see, sometimes in my classes, they're not the same. Sometimes I have tremendous energy. Sometimes I'm like, guys, 18 minutes, see you, bye-bye. I don't have anything else to say. It, it's not the same class. There's times where there's inspiration, there's times where... But on the days that you don't feel that, those are the days you have to just cry out for help. Cry out for help. Ask God to help you to get through those days. Don't make it worse than it is. But you'll never be constantly... Um, at that stage. Sometimes I have rough days, I have to restart over and over again. You know, like I have a bad battery in the car. Restart. Restart. So the struggle is okay. But just don't go backwards. Stay with it. I hope that helps. I work in a job that Hashem gave me a lot of uh, um, inspiration from a lot of people. Perfect. And I, I live in the Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. I'm just kidding. I feel this like Sean gave me this energy to help people. And in spite of what I went through in my life, and I really, really felt that Sean was with me through everything that I went through in my life. But when I have a client who tells me I was raped when I was 10 years old, where was Hashem at that right. moment? And right. that is a place where I, sure. I'm humble. I don't have even an answer to say, you know, because I don't know what to say. What would you say at that moment? I mean, you hurt people, hurt others. Bottom line, nobody would ever hurt you, and nobody would hurt any Jew or anybody if they were had insanity. Just like, could you blame your father for not playing baseball if he was handicapped? No, he's that person is sick. They probably were also hurt. So you could tell them that. What I tell people, the situation. This is a very common thing. I tell them, listen, how old are you? How old is that person? Now she's 27. 27. 27. 
So tell her, right now her whole life is being controlled by another person still. That means the incident happened when she was 10, she's being controlled by 27 years by somebody else. The way, the way for her to get the control back is through forgiveness. Not allowing it, not permitting it, but it's, forgiveness is for her. Now when she forgives that, she develops that mercy, she's going to become a completely different person. But the reason why we want to forgive others is because we want control back of our lives. We don't want to be controlled. And there's a very common thing in life that would hurt, that people that get hurt, then they go hurt themselves. It's almost like somebody banging into your car, and now you take your car and smash into the wall. That doesn't make any sense. So just explain to her that that person, it happened, and your job is to overcome evil, not to understand it. Okay? Again, it's not going to be a one time, but hopefully they'll process, and they'll get out of that victim mode and get into that co-creator mode. Yes? Yes? I can give you a half an hour to do it. It's because, let me explain to you how it works. Repeat the question. He's asking, how can you, Rabbi Rush says that a person has to thank God for his problems for 15 minutes. So what's the, what's the logistics of that situation? Why, why do you have to do that? Why is that recommended by Rabbi Rush? Because to get you, huh? And Number, number one, you have to recognize that life is happening for you, not to you. So when you think it's happening to you, then you, you're not going to get the awareness of why you're going through that. Do you understand? What you're missing is awareness. Because you should have already recognized that that problem was actually had a solution to it. But you, don't, you haven't seen that yet. Because you're too busy complaining about it. Not you specifically. But in general, when we're too busy complaining about an issue, it's because we're not getting the awareness of why we went through that issue. You understand? So when you, when you have gratitude, you start getting awareness. Gratitude gives you the awareness to now go retackle that issue with, a, with an expanded consciousness, not a victim consciousness. It's called Mokhogadlut versus Mokhogadlut. All judgments are sweetened, when you say life is happening for you, all judgments get bigger when life is happening to you. Because how else would God get your attention? How else? Email? Gives your problem. How else is he going to get your attention? But you have to understand that that problem is coming to you because you're probably attracting that same situation in your life. Nobody rejects you. Nobody will reject you outside unless you're rejecting yourself. So the world shows you with how you're treating yourself. Yes. I'm sorry. Please, Rob, please. Fantastic sitting there listening to you. Thank you so much. My honor, my honor. And let's see, you're sitting in a school, 240 Israeli boys learning in the Israeli system of High School, six days a week, packed schedule, everything is measured by time. Everything is measured by uh, uh, their grades. How can one in a high school situation try and introduce the idea, beautiful ideas you're talking about, which is without any judgment? And we're all the time in a situation of judging. The boys feel it themselves. 
Why are so many good things happening? <laughs> right? <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous, right? Maybe Rabbi Kramer can answer this question. Rabbi, you want to answer that question? You're, you're not employed today? You're not part of the program. Okay. He is the program. You are the program, by the way. We're selling your merchandise. What I, you have to make it Simpson. Obviously, you, the, the, we, we have to, it's a great question you have. Rabbi Nachman talks about it in less than 49. That we have all this ambitious but if we don't make it Simpson, we're going to get burnt out. And this is a common thing. So again, I would start with Vasiki probably. I would start with Vasiki. Do once a week, uh, Hatzot. You know, try to do once a week. There's times where I do, you know, earlier times. You know, it all depends on the body. It all depends on this. But I promise you, you'd be surprised. I hate to tell you. You wouldn't be, it's, you'd be surprised how much energy you have when you do do this. We think, oh, if I'm going to get up at night, I'm going to be exhausted. No, those are the days that I have the most energy ever. So we think, and this is a mind game you have to say, we think we need more sleep. More sleep, no. You go to sleep with nonsense in your head, you're going to wake up exhausted. So I would pray for it, and probably do one day. But start small, don't burn out. In the sweetest hour, he says you could, but it's preferably some kind. That's, I'm taking the source from the book. I would recommend buying the sweetest hour. You did? Okay. So there it tells you that depending on your level, you have a different time. But remember, what, what Hatzot is more about waking up, facing your stuff, facing life. Hatzot is, is, is a concept of, I want to face my issues, I don't want to run away from that. I don't want to oversleep and, and wake up to every single day. It's a, it's, a, it's a concept in psychology is approaching life, not avoiding it. So anything you're doing to approach life, I think you're on the right, you're on the right, uh, there. Yes. Um, so Sorry, I'll get you next. <laughs> Nobody's going anywhere, don't worry. Go ahead. So it's not actually a question. Yes. Um, I find myself sitting at my Shabbos table. Uh, telling my kids, my wife, not to major in the minors and not to let a bad hour become a bad day. And I just want to really publicly thank you for the part of the I have for your teachings and the strength it's given me. And I try to give it away to my family. Amen. And you should really just be blessed to continue this unbelievable message. Amen. 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 You should know. When I was, last year, I was in Maldives. I don't get reception unless I have classes. So my reception is also cut off. That means if I'm on vacation, having fun, nothing's coming out of my head. I can't come up with one class. So it's only when I put myself in a situation to give, do the classes come. So it's really, 
and your schut. It's not, uh, it's not really in mine. I've seen the difference. When I go on vacation, nothing comes out. I can't even come up with a two-minute video. Just, there's a blockage. Mm. But when I wake up and I want to do class on a Sunday morning, boom, the, the, the information comes. Yes. Um, so you spoke about the importance of momentum and progress. Yes. You spoke about avoiding judgment. How do you actually have progress without judgment? When you say, you, you get the example of losing weight. Okay. So you have to judge that you're that weight now, and you make progress to better weight. Right. Right. It's not judgment. It's accepted. You have to accept where you are. That's not judgment. But don't make a judgment on that way and that way to that state and that state. No, you have to accept. This is where I am. This is where I want to go. But it's not bad. Acceptance is the beginning of change. Yes, I am this way. I want to get there. But I'm not judging myself. I'm accepting. This is where I am. This is where I am. Acceptance is not judgment. Yes. Hi. How are you? Thank you so much. My pleasure. I for sure want to publicly announce that you for sure changed my life. I'm not going to change your life. Thank you. Virtually, I've channels through you and answers me on such levels. I just, you wouldn't even believe it if I told you the level. So I really do thank you. And and I think all of us, all of are out. We are here. We showed up. Yes. That's amazing. Amen. So, like, I noticed that, like, I can't even ask my question right now. <laughs> I'll just, I just want to say that I noticed that I judge myself because I feel that I didn't pass the test. Okay? Like, my neshama knows. I missed out. I didn't pass the test. And I feel very, very sad about that. Like, mm-hmm. I know Hashem will give me another chance. Of course. Because of my history, mm-hmm. it takes me to like a very deep place, a very painful place. You know, ask Hashem, why are you hidden? You want us to show up. Right. So it's like this existential issue. But anyways, um, I want you to please answer the feeling of that I didn't pass the test. I missed the chef. I didn't. No, I think you I should. didn't do what I could have done. Right. I, I think you you need to judge yourself positively. First of all, it's based on not passing the test. It's based on your perspective. Yes. It's not a re- realistic perspective. So right. It's, it's just it's a concept that I could have done better. I could have done this. Your Creator wants you to repair, not to despair. Despairing gets you zero, repairing gets you everything. Put the energy into the repair, learn from the mistake, learn from what you need to do, and, and rebuild. We're not here to judge ourselves unfavorably, because what happens is, yeah. if you judge yourself unfavorably, you will not have the cough to even do the test. So you have to change that strategy right away, immediately. 360. Let me just suggest a little, a little thing. We don't want to wait for things to come. 
Because right. there's three kinds of people. People that watch things happen, people that make things happen, and people that say, I don't know what happened. Right now we're, I don't know what happened stage. You got me? We don't want that. Because then we're going to say, I don't know what happened. Make things happen. Start making this, this is a very common thing that I see with people. When you, part of having the tough one is making a decision. It's not just in your head. That means if I have a tough one, I make decisions. I just do it and I learn the way. We're waiting for signals, this, this. Get going and then you'll see, you'll learn on the way. There's no such thing as you miss this golden egg that was in a, you know, a tree in whatever this neighborhood. This is, a, this is all in your head, it's a dinyon. So let's get out of this dinyon. Be practical. Let's get out of our head and go into action and start making small action and just focus on momentum. Okay? Next. You're stuck with that? Yeah, you have to be in a, in a contact right. with that person regularly. Right. So again, this is a Zamra 101. You have to find a way to judge that person favorably. Only find good points in that person and pray that they get Hashem opens up their heart, etc. But don't don't create don't create more resistance. A Zamra 101. This is gonna be remember, nothing said we're nothing said in wisdom that your family, your life is like the war against the nations. You have, and everybody in their nation has, every nation, everybody has a China, everybody has a Ukraine, everybody has a Russia, but every nation is in your own family. So as much as you want to be Switzerland and Kumbaya and hang out and do nothing, it's not going to happen. Because you're going to get dragged into it. But Nachat said that exactly. But what he also said is people die every day and don't, don't get stuck on, on all day long on, on people all day long. Just find a way to, to send that person love. But difficult people, there is no segula you can get. I told them at the Cape Ruffalo to just get rid of difficult people. Uh, it's not going to happen. You will have difficult people over and over in your life, and there's nothing you can do about it, but send them love and look at it as an opportunity. I, I recommend a book called Tomer Devorah. It's a phenomenal book that has changed my life. And I see, okay, what opportunity do I have today to give mercy? But believe me, you I was married already, it's my second marriage. Brokhash, I'm extremely happy. But there's just different circumstances, do you understand? <laughs> different countries. But to say, I want to get into a relationship with no difficult people is an illusion in itself. I hate to be so um, humble. Friendly. Yes.
he helped me tremendously, him and all the other people that surrounded. And from there, life got much more difficult because <laughs> I developed a relationship with Hashem and I accepted upon myself that Hashem is the ruler of all. Yet, and, and here, you're here, you're Mishpacha, you're family, and you're really preaching the choir, Baruch Hashem. Like, we're Makabo, what you're saying. But when I get outside of this room, especially with you, so many atheists, or I, I was with a guy recently last week who follows a big conservative rabbi in America who wrote a book. I think his book is Why Bad Things Happen to Big People. I'm asking the question to the right guy. You've had no much bad things happen. And yet, you're like a rock. What do you say to the people who say, I can't believe, I believe, I can't believe in a God who would make bad things happen in the world. I just can't. The Holocaust, children dying, these things, horrible things happening in the world. And so I refuse to believe in that. I believe either in a living God or I believe in no God. I find that the only way people are going to change if they're humble. Um, so I don't, I don't really go preaching to people if they want. They, they, it's not my job to change the world. Whoever wants to come listen and they're open-minded, then they'll change. But there's many people that I don't even talk. I mean, I just we could talk about the heat and talk about this. They're just no matter what I say, they're just not there. Um, so again, you have to invest wisely in, in your energy. And just some people, I'm not again. Let them figure it out. They seem to have answers. Let, they're going to have questions all their life. They'll be exhausted. They'll eventually come back. But it's not our job, really, to, to fix the, the whole world. You know, we we can. But you want to take the answer? Absolutely. We're waiting for you, Rabbi. Basically, I was lost in life. I found a book called, from Rabbi Nachman's teachings, found it, uh, called Advice. And that book really spoke to me, black and white. And as soon as I picked up that book, my whole life changed. Um, advice, advice. Basically, I changed my relationships, and it just changed everything in my life. But I have, if you listen to the classes, you'll, you'll get a Megillah here and there. Yes. <laughs> 
the judge issue, you also mentioned the concept of judging favorably. You want to not judging, creating love. You can't have, the Baal Shem Tov says, you can't love somebody you judge. So you have to either drop the judgment, accept the love, that's judging favorably, loving the person. Does that make sense? You can't, judgment blocks love, the Baal Shem Tov says this. So when you drop, when you drop the judgment, you automatically have the love. Of course, judging favorably is loving the guy, loving, loving the person. The same Nakuda. Would you say Rav Shomo? No, you're still dealing with, but you're recognizing his limitations. When I'm judging a person favorably, I'm recognizing that person is limited in whatever he can do. And I just have to accept him and love him as he is. And not judge him for what he's doing. And this is one of the biggest problems that we have. We judge too easily. And something that I work on constantly. It's a constant thing to judge. Um, I have a, I'm very emotional. I'm a Scorpio. Number one judges. And I'm, I have to work on myself. I, people piss me off really quickly. And if I don't do this, what to do today, I don't work on myself. Don't go near me. It's that bad. So I'm forced to have spirituality. I, it's just, I, it's the reality of the situation. I try to go two days without his mother to do I'm a different person. You will not recognize me. The, school, the, the tendency of war comes out. So it's not like this is something, you know, do it, no. If I don't do it, I, I know what kind of person I am. I know what my day looks like. So it's, for me, it's oxygen. I have one, one thing sure. to look at. To, that, to, to this point raised, and to, I think the majority of the, quest, of the, of the wonderful questions being asked Without doing, without his photos being part of, of life and speaking about this out loud verbally in your own language to Hashem, it's very hard. It's it, it's almost I don't I don't want to say impossible because what do I know what's possible? It's not possible. But it seems the aid so the Rebbe gives on these matters like this of things that seem so right but so hard. His photos is that bridge between that which seems so difficult. It just opens all these gates that make the things that are so... I can learn something all day long. But when I dive in over what I learned, somehow the accessibility to it becomes so much more practical. So for all these, these wonderful questions that are being raised, his Bodhidus is behind every single question that was asked so far, and that will probably ever be asked, frankly. I mean, you... And, and Rabbi, you would say it's because you feel the energy level of the person. I mean, the person, can, you can see people learning and, and their energy levels is horrible. Their energy level is anger, there's judgment, there's bitterness. Yet they're wearing a black tie, a black hat. And what happened? What happened to this person? It's because he has not brought it into his heart. It, it, the result is you have better energy. Your energy is different. When you have better energy, you, you change. First of all, the reason why you, you don't want to judge somebody is because then you're getting judged in heaven. So what in the world would you sabotage your own self for? So that's really, why in the world would I want to be judged the wrong way? I don't want to be judged the wrong way, so I'm going to do exactly below what I want in heaven. So as below, so is above. So that's the awareness of recognizing, like, why am I putting myself in this situation? But again, you know, when you eat well and you don't eat well, you know the difference. Your energy level is different. 
Exactly. I mean, we know we we know the difference when we eat well and we don't eat well. When you're in a good state, you're a different person. You love people. You see good. When you're not in a good state, you know what it looks like. I don't. I don't. Have to, so we know what to do when we're in those states. Go back to basics. Go back to basics. Yes. Uh, practically speaking, how do we let go of expectations while maintaining a state of reality? I, I mean, go in. Maybe they didn't hear How do you let go of expectations by being re- by being by what, maintaining what a state of reality? Again, there's nothing wrong with planning and goal setting, etc. But it's not on your time. Do you understand? Not on your way. I could want to get married. I could want this. Hashem has to control the process. I have to control the effort. He has to control the results. When you start controlling the results, that's where it all goes down the window. You control the effort, let him focus on the results. If I could tell you that every single one of my businesses started with a wrong U-turn. So my little cute plans, five-year analysis, blah, 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 X, you're going this way. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Nothing, nothing ever started exactly the way I wanted it. Ever in my life. How do you like that one? Ever in my life did I ever get exactly what I thought. So I've come to realize that I know nothing. I don't, I don't, I don't. If there's a dead, if there's a dead end, turn around. It's, I, the, the major concept you have to get here is stop becoming a victim. If there's a dead end, there's a reason why there's a dead end. Just like, again, the key did not work three times. I went down to the lobby, upstairs. Down to the lobby, upstairs. Down to the lobby, upstairs. So the first time, so everything's for the best, Hashem. Second, okay, here comes the Scorpio. Third, here comes the Moroccan out of me. And then exactly as I walked to the hotel, walking in side by side was a person I had to meet that took me to Rabbi Rosenfeld's uh, okay. <laughs> So just let go. <laughs> he doesn't stand. You just have to recognize that's what God wants. He wants you to meet that person in 15 minutes, not nine minutes. So what are you getting so angry about all the time? <laughs> when you see this for years, the same thing happening over and over, you start, I mean, hopefully you get the lesson and you apply it <laughs> to, to your life. But to get the same lesson and not apply it, then we're, we're being negligent. Why is so easy to, to... Because it keeps you in a box. Do you understand? When I blame somebody, basically I'm telling myself, okay, I can stay in the box, I don't have to really do anything. But it's basically, I, I'm, I'm comfortable. It gives me an excuse to be lazy and not grow. So it's, you're, you're actually getting comfort, you're getting a little self-pity a little bit. You get, there's a lot of kickoffs. It's a, good, it's a package also. You're protecting, you're protecting yourself from future harm, but what happens? It, it imprisons you too. It protects you, but then you become imprisoned to a, to a victim mindset. And that's what we don't want. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sorry. My pleasure. Knowing that 
there, there's a concept called God loves justice. Ramachan has a Torah, I think 433. But he also loves Israel. So there's always a cleansing before a blessing. So when we think, why are you doing it this way? Because he has to cleanse you. He has to cleanse you in order to bless you. But we don't like to cleanse him so much. So like I said, in heaven, just take the first deal. Don't resist the deal. If you're getting a deal, take the deal. When you don't accept the deal, and you ask why, 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 that $5,000 fine now becomes $15,000. You understand? So it's very important. What do, you, what do, you, do you know better than God? Do you know better? So when you take the first deal and you're in December, you know what happens? Not only do you, that deal gets wiped out, but you get it at a higher level. You're not meant to lose. We're just in our own little head of our own illusions that we've brought up with this wrong image of our Creator, and, and we're living in an illusion. But God loves you. He wants to give you, but He wants you to purify you in areas of your life. And I'll show you the same exact test over and over until you pass it. Why are we being so stubborn? Just let's, let's approach life instead of avoiding it. I mean, we have such holy nishamas, we have such holy light to give to the world. What do you want to do? You want to keep this, all this blessing and light in a little four ounce cup? Because you have anxiety? This is what we want? You have to break the vessel to create a new one. You see, you see like the kind of, just the question. The question is the problem. Why am I getting, why is that, you understand? That, that question shows uncertainty, lack. It's not an empowering question. What we want to say is, how can we grow from this? How can we turn this into double? We want to start asking better questions because we get stuck in these questions. Instead, God saying, listen, I give you a great deal. And you're like, well, why did it come this way? Mm -hmm. So you're putting your, 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 the vessel is not, so okay, so now you're going to get cleansed, now I'm going to give you a bigger vessel. And then there's going to be a bigger problem for that bigger vessel. You're going to, what are you going to say? Same thing. So if you don't learn from these situations, they come back again. They come back again. You want to be, a, remember, this is an empowerment situation. Building the Beit HaMikdash is having that. Person who has that is like you built a bigger mikdash. Person with no that is like you destroy. Yes. How do you help people that don't want to hear it? You have to pray for them. Remember, when, when we have low self-esteem, we have a very small perspective. So people who have low self-esteem, they don't want to hear it. You understand? So you have to read. You can read from Nachman's story, the Turkey Prince. That's a classic case of low self-esteem. You have to go underneath the table with the guy, hold his hand. I'm not going to tell you to take off anything, but read the story of the Turkey Prince. I have a class on that, on five steps on how to get getting the guy into momentum. Yeah. All of these classes are, are on Spotify. All of these classes are on Spotify. Remember, we can't have new thinking if we don't have new information. So if you don't have, if you, we're not learning, we're not growing, we have the same thinking. So it's wrong thinking, wrong emotions, wrong everything. Yes? First of all, please take your wife and put on that one's hand. I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Right. It's not exactly. So we need it to go up and down. It means like don't be self-critical. Okay. Well, look at your life. There isn't down, but there's something you're not about. Exactly. And you have to in davening. All our davening, when Rachel says less than 25, you have to follow the first go through or do. Then you have to go through four levels to get to Amidah. I can't go to Amidah right away. I have to go through four levels, and each level there's a song, because what happens is gratitude breaks obstacles. So if you're stuck in a situation, singing, Zamer, breaks the obstacle. So if you want to just sing, like Roshomo, he's got to teach me how to sing, you got to do more songs. But breaks the obstacles, it breaks the obstacles. You should have helped people. Everything becomes about you. So you really, you can't do nothing with that person. So you have to hopefully get them therapy. But sometimes, unfortunately not, sometimes you have to pull the blood if that person can't be helped. Because it doesn't get better on its own. So is there a place for You can try, but the person still has to be a receiver. And he needs to say, I need help. You can say, I need help, I'll help you on the way. But if the person says, I don't have a problem, then you need to get to a therapist. You have to have, you gotta have other people do it. You can't do it. Is telling them that they need help judgment? No, you have to try to get maybe not yourself, but maybe other people to, to, to try to intervene, a rabbi, a counselor, a therapist, to say you could be living a better life than this. This is not you. You could be doing a better, you can be living a better life. Don't live like this. It has to be in a very encouraging way. When I talk to people about the 40-day challenge, Pigama Briz, all that, I tell them, listen, you're leaving a lot of bracha on the table. Why would you do this? You're leaving a lot of blessings. If I tell you, you're going to go to Gehinam, the Zohar says this, you're going to go, the guy says, okay, go to Gehinam, let me go have fun. <laughs> but if you tell them, listen, you're leaving a lot of bracha on the table, you say, ooh, do this, why would you do that to yourself? It's a different way. Every time you have to say, in a, what do you look at? You look at, look at, look at, look at you're missing out of this. I think we'll take a couple more questions and we're good. Okay. I think you asked already. Who, who did ask? Yes. Good to see you. Good to see you. Right. That's what I did say. But God, men, men, men plays God laughs. Yes. What I find is I'm trying to work on being present and not running after I'll be satisfied when I finish this project, but to really be present with what I'm doing. At the same time, as you mentioned, we do have to keep busy. So to 
Just focus on increasing effort and removing outcome. Don't, outcome is not up to you. You could be very, very, you could work two years in a deal and the deal is not going to go through. It's not your thing. You need to focus on the effort to get to the deal, do your shuttles, and then you, know how to, you need to know how to pull away. Again, it comes from insecurity, lack. It, it, the, this is all under the same. So what you need to do is you need to stop thinking about this deal. You need to pray for bitachon because if you had bitachon, you wouldn't be thinking like this. The whole problem, like we're saying, is if you had bitachon, this is not even thinking in your eyes. You're not even. These thoughts don't come to you. Please take it away from me. Next day, no more, no more craving for dessert. It happened to me. So you could see, you don't, you, you, nothing's in the bag in life. Even somebody who thought he perfected it, next thing you know, what am I doing eating this, these foods and all that? Started getting stomach aches. It happened to me. Pray for me. Yes. Discipline you need. You need to watch what you eat today. It's not you can't just eat whatever you want. You have to eat, wake up early. It's all, there's a lot of discipline. In, 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 in. Wake up. There's a lot of discipline needed. But ultimately, discipline increases self-esteem. So when you have discipline, it should you should not have negative tendencies because you have your discipline. It actually leads you to freedom because you're not so bounded to your mood. But if it comes an obsession, then that's a problem. But I, I don't I don't meet that many disciplined people who, who, who have turned into an obsession. It's hard enough to be disciplined, believe me. <laughs> That's harder enough. If we should only get to that level. Yes. Simple question. Yes. Women and I'm sorry? I can't hear you. Women and what they do. Okay, is there a male? It's same same formula. I, I would recommend listening to classes on this. 
We have a lot of classes on his book. Yes. Um, Baruch Hashem, my wife and I just had a, our first. Mazal Tov. She's telling you you're sleeping too much? <laughs> Wait till that comes. <laughs> Create a schedule. Create a schedule. Create a schedule. I did that with my wife. Here, you do this shift, I do this shift. Because that person needs a certain amount of time by themselves. Create a schedule. What, what do you want from her? This way, there's no eggshells anymore. This is your shift. This, believe me, I had three kids in two years. So when you have a schedule, you're, you're, you're watching from three to six. I go to the... You do what you need to do. Um, schedule. Without a schedule, then you have this problem. Because it's always like you're not doing enough, you're playing scoreboard. I'm up five, three, you're up four, two. And this is normal. And when you're exhausted, you're more moody, you're gonna, break, you're, gonna, you're gonna get much more moody. Just create a schedule. It's less about um, taking turns and shifts, but we have such different views on how to interact. You, know? you should let go and let your wife run the show. <laughs> Close your mouth, open your pockets. Show my one away. Close your mouth, open your pockets. You can't criticize a mother how to rise your kid. Never will work. Guaranteed to lose. Just let it go. Let, huh? Be generous. Close mouth, be generous. Believe me, you cannot tell a mother how to raise a child. That's the, one, the best way to sleep in the garage. <laughs> if you want a segula for sleeping in the garage, that's a segula. Let it go, let it go. Just let it go. You can run it. I love you. You're the best mother. Just let it go. Let it go. I feel like you need to let it go. Okay, last, last one. Last one. Yes. Right, ladies? Am I wrong on this one or no? Okay. <laughs> It's a very good question. I, obviously, I, don't, I deal with singles a lot on the situation. The why you have to work so much when you're single, it's a great opportunity to work by yourself. Because when you get to marriage, you're going to see, oh my God, thank you for all the work I did on myself. Because all of a sudden, you're going to get married, somebody's next to you, all these things are going to come up. So when you're single, you're going to have to start judging people favorably, having good self-esteem. If you walk in, to a relationship, saying, I need to get married, please, and if you look sound desperate, all that's gonna, all that's gonna look like is what? Neediness. So you wanna be able to give that person space. You can only give that person space if you have healthy self-esteem. If, if you walk in with low self-esteem to a marriage, you will make everything about you. 
You're going to send your husband to calls, he's not nice to me, he's resist to me. And like again, we don't want to be victims. So work on self-esteem. Work on happiness. When you're walking in happiness into a relationship, it's going to work out. But when you walk around unhappy and saying the marriage is going to make me happy, I can promise you it's a recipe for disaster. So there's a reason why God's making you this. Work on yourself. Let it go. And very, very important, you don't want to walk into a relationship with more self-esteem because you're going to end up becoming needy and needy, codependent. And that's where you can see all more. You can see what the big, big issues today is relationships. It's people are not working on themselves, so they're projecting and not reflecting. Go date? Go date. <laughs> date? There's a time for everything. There's a time for everything. But again, don't wait for this. Don't get it. Don't be in the waiting game. You work on your simcha. You go date. And whatever happens at the end, it's up to God. This is a major thing in heaven. We don't understand these things. This is beyond our comprehension. All our sages say, tell us one thing. Prayer attracts the spouse. Of course, there's things once you, I don't know if this is an Israel thing, but in America, they get the spouse, but then they end up uh, getting too physical, and then they lose the relationship. That's a, that's a whole different chapter three. No, it's only in America. Huh? It's, it's only in America. That's exactly. So there's a problem, for example, you can go into relationships and make sure you're not aiding and abetting and this kind of behavior, too much physicality, etc. <clears throat> Read between the lines. Yes? Are there any guarantees to build up for finding annoying one someday? There's, I can guarantee you ones that are not going to work for you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I can guarantee you. But not that many I can guarantee you, the, it, it, I can show you where every dead end is in life. That's a guaranteed dead end. And then eventually you'll find the other one. There's a lot of dead ends, I can guarantee you. I think we know what we're talking about. Yes? I think you should have more kids. <laughs> because that's, we, we don't want to put limits on your creator. I, I don't think that's something where you, we, I, I'm against that myself. Doesn't matter. I had again. You, you cannot. You cannot put limits on your. I, again, Rav Shlomo, would you say that? I. I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of. Uh, of stuff. It, it's tough. It's not easy. But you'll enjoy it when you get older. Vegetarian. Yes. Yes. Vegetarian. Yes. Start intermediate fasting. That's a great way to develop this book. Yes? Hi, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Do you mind doing for us, for whoever's interested in your family, to do a 30 day challenge for us? I mean, the 40 day challenge for you guys? I mean, again, the only thing I'd recommend on 40 day challenges is both to do 40 days from Rabnatan. That one, he says he's guaranteed to give you an answer. 
Rabbi Nathan says, the person that prays for 40 days, he's going to guarantee to get an answer. Right, Rabbi Nathan? Right, Rabbi Nathan? Everything is approved right by the Rabbi. Right, Rabbi? Prayer is enough. What else do you need, Rabbi? That's enough. That gets you everything. That's the weapon. That's the source of the... Remember, when you're praying, you're not just praying. You're showing God you have a moon. You're approaching the issue. You're, 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 you're growing through that challenge. It's enough to do that. That's hard enough. That is hard enough, believe me. Yes. Someone say faith huh? it. How to bring it if you're not in it? Like, are you saying how, you're not in the mood to do it? No, I want to do a class every day after, after my devoted to do it. I want to, I want to do that. Okay, so you could, you could start with a small group, but I wouldn't say every day. That's a little taxing. Right. That's going to be a guaranteed burnout. Right. So start once a week, yeah. do a class, okay. record it, right. you put it on YouTube, okay. pick, a, pick a nice okay. subject, yeah. no pressure, right. and see what happens. There you go. Think big, but act small. 
guys. Thank you.